0: It's episode 25. dude I I'm trying to be like every week I'm like welcome to episode whatever of give that fan a podcast. It's so boring. I am trying to trying to spice it up a little bit, but I I'll, I'll figure something out a little better than that. Uh I'm Paul. I, uh, good lord.
1: I'm Paul. You're Ryan. Right, I'm Paul.
0: It's late. All right, let me uh I need to share this uh share the Facebook link. Welcome to those of you joining us live. Uh, we are streaming live on Twitter, Facebook on Orioles twenty four seven page. That's Utah Street Report, as well as our YouTube channel. Uh, you can't comment along on Twitter, but if you follow the Facebook or YouTube streams, you can comment. We can see it. We can add it onto the show and and perhaps give us something else to talk about. Because the reality, Paul, is that it's the off season, so there's not as much Oriole things going on. Uh, but we are in the playoffs. The ALCS game one just ended. That's why we're starting this late because we didn't want to do it during the game. Uh, Yankees and Astros. Houston takes a 1-0 lead with a 4-2 win. Not a great night for my uh, my wish of Rafael Montero to Baltimore. He was one pitch away from striking out the side, and then he gave up a homer to Anthony Rizzo, walked Josh Donaldson before being pulled for Ryan Presley. But Houston survives, gets the lead. Uh, NLCS is tied at one. It was a much better day for my wish of Josh Bell to Baltimore. He went three for four with a towering home run after he struggled a lot of the postseason. Paul, it it, it seems like we've come down to, well, obviously we've come down to the final four is rooting for a Trey Mancini versus Manny Machado world series. Pretty much the easiest decision ever for an Orioles fan, or do you lean a different direction on one side or the other?
1: See, it's hard for me. Um, I'm, I like Trey Mancini. Um, I'm not as big of a Trey Mancini fan as everybody else in Baltimore seems to be. Um, I, I like the guy. I thought he was a, a, an incredible story. And, but for me, like he's not here now. And, you know, he, he never, he never stuck with me like other players did. And, and I know that, I don't know why that should be so awful, uh, <laughs> but, but I think it is. I think people think that that's awful. Um, my stepdad's a Philadelphia Phillies fan. He's from Philly. My two co-best men are from Philly. Um, so I'm kind of, and I'm a big Bryce Harper guy. I love Manny. Manny's probably my favorite player in the game, but I don't know. I, if I, I, let's just put it this way. The NLCS, I just love the fact that it's not the Braves, that it's not the Dodgers, that we can watch two teams battle it out that I think the Phillies only have like two world championships in their, in their history and being exciting down to the wire LCS and whoever gets there, I'll be excited for from the American league side. I think this was a series. Nobody wanted, right? Pretty much. Yeah. You got You're getting the Yankees and the Astros and look, the Astros have been to the world series. If they go back this year, it will be four times in six years. Um, the Yankees or the Yankees—if they never go back to the World Series, it'll be—it'll still be too soon. So, um, I think whoever goes to the National League, will all be rooting for, and we'll have a former Oriole to root for, um, one way or the other. So, I'm here for it. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I see the appeal of the Phillies. I like Bryce Harper as well. It's a really fun team. Kyle Schwarber hits tanks. Reese Hoskins has been there for a long time, grueling through you know a, a lot of down years for the Phillies. But I found myself rooting pretty hard for the Padres. Um you know, Manny Machado has a lot to do with it. I love Juan Soto. He's he's the centerpiece of my fantasy team, which might explain why I faltered down the stretch and, and got knocked out in the playoffs. But anyway.
1: Yeah, that batting average wasn't great this year.
0: No, it's it's weird that he 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 had a bad season, a bad second half by his standards, and his on base percentage was still like three seventy something. It was yeah. he's he's an an absurd player, but Obviously, the American League, not the Yankees. Um, but I, for me, it's it's Padres, Astros is what I'm rooting for. It'd be nice to see a couple former Orioles there. Uh, but if if that's the result we get, I'll be I'll be pulling for San Diego. Whoever comes yeah, out of the NL is yeah. Is I, I who think I like. we'll
1: be rooting for whoever comes from the NL. Now, uh, who's your NL MVP? It's it's pretty interesting because by and large, the better season belongs to Paul Goldschmidt. But Manny Machado was the heart and soul of that Padres team. He carried that team on his back when Tatis Tatis didn't play at all this year. Manny was that guy. He came back, didn't even go in the IL after what looked like a broken ankle, and came back and didn't really skip a beat. Uh, Is Manny Machado your favorite for the NL MVP, or is it going to be Goldschmidt?
0: I want to say it's Manny, and Goldschmidt did struggle a little more down the stretch uh, to kind of even out his season numbers. I still think it's Goldschmidt as, as late as I think beginning of September, we we were looking at Goldschmidt as a potential triple crown winner in the national yeah. league. Uh, to, to me, he, he did enough to, you know, balance out the, the struggles near the, the, the later portion of the season, but
1: he was a monster. He had such a good year. Yeah. Such a good year. You're not going to miss either way, but I think that he's going to win it.
0: I think so too. Um, it, it won't break my heart as much as I'd love to see Manny take one home. Um, anyway, in, in current Orioles news, John Means is throwing. Mm-hmm. Posted a video to his, his Twitter and his Instagram the other day. It's light throwing, and it's off a of flat ground, but it's still a massive step in the right direction. He obviously won't be ready for opening day, but it fires me up to to see him out there throwing a ball.
1: Yeah, six months after uh, having Tommy John surgery, and he's out there throwing a baseball. Uh, look, it's going about as well as you could have, you could have hoped. Right? And I remember at some point during the year, they said that he was ahead of schedule. So, yeah, man, uh, it, it's great to see him throwing. You know, there are a lot of people who seem to think that he'll be back. Um, when I say a lot of people, usually when I say that, I mean a lot of fans. Um, <laughs> and I say it a lot. A lot of people, a lot of fans seem to think he's going to be back uh, by May. And I think that that's pushing it. I think that yeah. the earliest you can expect him is maybe mid-June. And really, I think the Orioles would be doing themselves a service if they just wait till after the All-Star break. And it's almost like – because either way, he's going to be on an innings limit, right? It's not like you're bringing him back to throw seven innings. You're bringing him back to throw three, four, five innings, kind of like Chris Sale when he came back from it. Yeah. And um, if the Orioles have a pitching staff that we think they're going to have, I mean, they've already got nine, ten, eleven guys who could be in their rotation before they even had a free agent um, or or a trade partner. Yeah. Um, you don't want to th- you don't want to throw a wrench in a good thing and i think wait until after the all-star break and see what your rotation looks like to bring means back is probably the best choice but great to see him uh throwing now and it's only um, it's only uphill from here what's the saying is it only downhill from here because it's easier to go downhill but
0: it's it's all down I, well i guess it could go either way i think the, the phrase i'm more used to hearing is it's all downhill from here yeah but he's only, it? it's only going
1: to get better from here we'll just say that it's only going to get better from here
0: now i'm now I'm questioning whether or not that's the more common phrase. I'm trying it to think is. of like context that you hear it in it's
1: It's all downhill from here is the phrase and I think it's supposed to mean it's easy from here, but when you say it's all downhill, it's like you're taking a slide from the top of the mountaintop, you know just like the the True. uh shit runs downhill um, yeah yeah and that was that comes from way back when when all the rich people lived on top of the hill and they would throw their waste. Down the hill, down to the peasants below, and that's where that comes from. So it's either it's all downhill because it's easy, or it's all downhill because it's all shit from here.
0: Yeah, one one of those things. I don't. Know. It's it's almost eleven thirty. We're we're doing this later than we're used to. <laughs> it's almost uh, eleven
1: thirty. Shut up, Paul. No, no, no,
0: <laughs> no. It's it's almost eleven thirty. We're both a little groggy and, and not really sure where this conversation's going. But uh,
1: John means right. John me. means
0: yeah. It's it's awesome. Um, the other side of the battery. The Orioles agreed to terms with Anthony Bemboom for 2023. They now have six catchers on the 40 man roster. Adley Rushman's a given. He's going to be the guy. Robin Citrinos is probably going to, well, he is a free agent. He's likely not coming back. Uh, that leaves us with Anthony Bemboom, Cam Gallagher, Aramis Garcia, and Mark Colesberry as the other four catchers currently on the 40 man roster. Still in the minors, you've got Jacob Nottingham, Brett Cumberland. If you look a little further down, guys like Cody Roberts and Maverick Hanley had, had solid seasons this year. Is the Orioles' 2023 backup catcher already here? Is, is he already in the organization? Because for me, if if that's the case, I think I'd prefer one of Cam Gallagher or Jacob Nottingham, um, but I'd, I'd rather continue looking elsewhere. I I'd, I kind of want someone with enough of a bat that when you're giving Adley the days off that he's obviously going to get as a catcher, it doesn't feel like a so-called punt lineup. Um, and for me, that's a guy like Christian Vasquez. Uh, he's solid defensively. He's got a good enough bat. It's kind of a bat that screams backup catcher, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I mean it in the sense that it's serviceable, but it's not starter worthy. But it's not something that's going to hurt you. He hit 274 this year. It doesn't walk a ton. Half decent power numbers, um, and he could he could replace Trinos's veteran leadership too. And you know, Trinos is a guy who has playoff experience. Vasquez is in the same boat. So, someone like him kind of strikes my fancy a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of look at Christian Vasquez as a starting catcher though in the league. Uh, I, I I mean, I maybe he's never really. I feel like he's been like a really good starting catcher in the league, hasn't he? Well, that's
0: that's the question is would yeah he's been he's been fine, but the, the question is would he be willing to. Accept a deal to be a backup. I mean, he is—he is going to be 33 soon.
1: I can't imagine that he would be, uh, not to be the backup to a guy like Adley Rutschman. Um, if he was going to be a backup in the sense that one guy plays, you know, 90 games and the other guy plays 72, then maybe. But Adley's going to, going to catch 135 games, hundred hundred well, 125 to 135 games. Adley's going to catch. So I can't imagine that somebody who still has the pop in their bat and the still and the and the skill set that Christian Vasquez has would be willing to take a backup role. Uh, to answer your first question, I don't know who the backup catcher is. I don't know if he's already in this system um, or who it could potentially be. I just feel like people uh, are expecting somebody better than Sharino. and so yeah, maybe you can get somebody better than Sharino. So maybe you can get somebody that can hit two thirty, but your backup catcher is going to be a backup for a reason there's if they can hit and play good defense, they're going to find a starting job somewhere. Yeah. So, and
0: and that's, that's the thing when you're, you're trying to find a backup on the free agent market is, you know, the guys who seem worthy of a roster spot are going to be in search of starting jobs. Yeah. And the guys who are not as good are the ones who are going to settle as backups. And that's what we saw with, with Chirinos, you know, turning 38 wasn't uh no longer in his prime, to say the least. Um, he's
1: still looking for another big league contract. I don't yeah. know if he's going to get it, but uh, you know, I could see the Orioles giving him a minor league uh, contract and the invite to spring training. Maybe he and Adley seem to get along well. Brandon Hyde seem to love him, but defensively, your backup's got to be a good defensive player.
0: Do you see a like a Tucker Barnhart or an Austin Hedges type finding a backup deal, or do you think they are, are starters as well?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that Austin Hedges is a starter. I don't know much about Barnhart, but I don't think that a guy like also. I, I thought about Hedges earlier this off, this postseason, and I've never looked at him as, I know that he was hyped at a point, but I've never looked at him over the last few years as a guy who's a starter. That's a guy who's got some pop, who can, you know, he, he can he can turn around on one every now and again, and he can play a good defensive catcher. So that's a guy who I think the Duelos could target, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But, um, Right now though, it's just it's so early to tell.
0: Yeah. The the problem with Hedges is I, I love the glove. I think he is a, a suitable backup, but the bat just is not good. Yeah. It's you know, like you said, he'll run into one every once in a while, but most big league players will. And uh and, and Hedges just has not put together a good offensive season yet in his career. Uh he's only thirty, so he, he might still be on the on the hunt for a starting job. Whether or not he finds it, who knows. But
1: I'd be very surprised if just because of his bat if, if yeah. he would find a starting job anywhere.
0: But in any event, the Orioles uh, are, do seem to be stockpiling on backup catcher options. So maybe someone runs away with it. Um, I, I tweeted the other day, the the clip of, uh, I don't know if you're a, a Shrek fan. It's, it's yeah, one of my,
1: Shrek.
0: One, of, one of my it favorites. It, it was the scene where uh, he's, he's trying to find he and donkey go on this mission to find Lord Farquaad and get a swamp back. And, he ends up walking into basically a Coliseum where they're about to have a fight to see who's going to go on this quest for the, for the King and uh, Shrek and donkey just destroy all of them. Um, and that, that, that to me was a, a metaphor for what the Orioles catcher uh, catcher competition is going to be in spring training. It's going to be Adley Rushman and then the rest of the field and no one else is going to fight him for the top spot, but maybe someone survives and, and comes out as, as the guy. Um, all right, moving on to the bullpen and, and this, this isn't going to be an episode where we break down all the positions and you know, how can we improve blah, blah, blah. That's, we have a, a long off season to do that. Uh, but in recent moves, a lot of the weak links from the 2022 Orioles bullpen have been designated for assignment or release. Jake Reed was claimed by the Boston Red Sox. Bo Solcer was claimed by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Lewis Head cleared waivers and was outrated to AAA. Those are the three that have been designated for assignment. And Denji Reyes elected free agency. So guys who didn't do much in the Orioles' bullpen will no longer be around. And, and, and looking forward, Paul, I think there are four guys who have secured their spots uh, for next season. And those guys are Brian Baker, C.N.L. Perez, Dylan Tate, and Felix Bautista. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you'd have any argument there.
1: Um, I can see Dylan Tate being traded.
0: I could um, see I could see any of them being traded, honestly. But I think in terms of of performance, where they're going to if, be a part of your team or if bring the something back.
1: Started bad. tomorrow, then yeah, those are the four guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, so looking at some of the other names, um, I, I I find myself wondering who has done enough to stick around, who might be a risk to be the next designated for assignment. Uh, I look at guys like uh, Keegan Aiken. He had, he had a three twenty ERA this year, but it, it wasn't the cleanest season from him. He started off looking good. He pitched a bunch of multi-inning relief appearances in a row and was very he's good seen, in them. Yeah. yeah, and then kind of fell off. And he's still in the season three twenty ERA, three fifty nine FIP, one twenty six ERA plus. Those are above average numbers. Uh, he's I think twenty seven now. I don't yeah. know when his birthday is, but he's you know he's not a, a, a youngster anymore by any stretch. Feels weird saying that because I'm also twenty seven. But anyway,
1: he's not an old head either.
0: Though. No, he's not. He's not old, but he's he's. Yeah. You know. uh, is is he a guy who you think has done enough to stay, or do you think his role in the bullpen is going to be replaced by a, a Michael Bauman type?
1: Um, It's crazy, because he was so good in April and May, right? He was, yeah, he was and awesome. Then, and then he kind of fell apart June, July, August, and, and the ERA stayed low because a lot of those fall-aparts were when he would come on and have guys on base and let them score, or... If you pitch two innings, he gave up one run, but that one run was uh, an inherited runner home run type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, So the the home run went against him, but the two guys who were on base went against the previous pitcher. Uh, He really faltered um, in the middle to last third of the season, but he came on strong again at the end of the year. And I thought that he pitched a lot better, more like April and May towards the end of September. And I honestly, I'm wondering if there was a sense of complacency with him that you know, I'm gonna be. I've I've done enough to stay on this big league roster all year, and then boom, he gets set down to AAA at towards the end of the year, and he's like, oh crap, because when he came back from AAA, he looked really good again. Um, I think he's gonna get a crack at it. I think I, I think that he's gonna have the opportunity to stay in that bullpen mix. Uh, I do think Mike Ballman starts the year next year. They're gonna stretch him out to be a starter in spring training. I think that's going to happen. I think so too. Um, and then ultimately, he ends up as a swing man, a long man in the bullpen before ultimately settling into a late inning reliever situation, maybe not this year, but the year after the year after that. But, uh, Bowman, I think he's going to be in the rotation and rotation in, in, in the bullpen. I think Aiken's going to get a shot to stay in the bullpen. Um,
0: Another guy, Paul, who might be the right-handed Keegan Aiken, uh, Logan Gillespie had very similar numbers. He had a 312 ERA, 357 FIP, 131 ERA plus. Um, He's a guy the Orioles I know like a lot. Uh he was added to the 40-man roster last season instead of guys like Nick Vespi, Robert Neustrom who were exposed to the rule 5 draft that did not end up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I I scenario in which the Orioles cut ties with Gillespie either. I just I think they like him too much to to not, you know, to give him this short of a leash.
1: Yeah, I imagine if they put him on the 40-man last year and then he pitched as well as he did um, he had his moments this year. Um, that's a guy that I think ends up getting at least a shot. Maybe he ends up in Norfolk to start yeah. next year. But he'll get an opportunity. There's going to be a lot of guys in spring training next year. They're going to get a, they are going to get an opportunity. Um, but you also have to think about the fact that they have to add how many guys five, six, seven guys to their forty men this year, right? Um, and so he may be a, he may be a casualty. Um, a guy like who I know you're about to bring up, Joey Crable, might be a casualty. To get somebody else on the roster, not to steal your thunder. No, um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if if they if they keep him around, if he survives the other guys being added, then yeah, he's he's going to get a shot at it. That nobody is set in stone right now, except the four that we mentioned, and then that's you know barring any kind of trade. So there's going to be a lot of people. You can never have too much pitching. A lot of players going to get an opportunity to make this ball club, and I also. I, I'm still really hopeful that they go out and get a free agent reliever um, to kind of bolster things. Somebody that's not a waiver claim. Somebody that's not a minor leaguer coming up from your system. Somebody that's already established. I don't know who that is or what that looks like. Rafael Montero. Like, yeah, Mon- Montero, sure. Sorry, that's, that's my guy. I, 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 know, I, I know, I know. was doing uh, a quick
0: search, and I came across him. I looked at his numbers. I was like, yeah, this is who I want.
1: Yeah, I, I think that people thinking of Edwin Diaz are going to be really disappointed he's not coming here. Um he, that guy wants to be a closer somewhere, and he won't be a closer here. So, or maybe he will be. Who the hell knows? But yeah, hey. I, I would like to see them bring in somebody who's got the experience and the track record of being a really solid reliever on a good team.
0: Yeah, I, I think there are definitely a couple candidates for for players the Orioles might want to try to pass through waivers. Yenir Cano is one of them. He was acquired in the Jorge Lopez trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already, I think, 28. He gave up nine earned runs in four and a third innings. Somehow had a three thirty four fit, which is is pretty damn good. His last but, outing,
1: he was really good. Yeah, two, two innings. I think he had five strikeouts and two innings. He was really good his last outing.
0: Yeah, so that, that was that was good to see. Uh, maybe he's a guy who sticks around, but I, I could see him being a casualty if they need to squeeze guys on the forty. Joey Crable, I think, is definitely a candidate for that as well. He had a four sixty seven fifth this year, three ninety ERA, so pretty average, nothing special. He kind of pissed us off more than more than not this year. It felt like his season ended with an option to AAA. Yeah, so. The way Not- the
1: season ended was very unceremoniously. Um, he was good the first three or four months of the year, and he just he fell apart in August and September, and it was, it was really ugly to see. In August, you kind of started to see it start to happen. He'd have a really bad outing, but he'd have like two or three really good ones, and then it came to a point by the end of August, beginning of September, where every outing was just bad.
0: Yeah. I guess it's recency bias for me, because for a chunk of the year, he was pretty solid. He was one of your, your more trusted guys, yeah. but definitely definitely fell off near the end. And then one other guy I just brought up, Nick Vespi didn't give up an earned run in 28 innings of AAA this year. Uh, had a 4.10 ERA in the bigs in 26 innings. I think it was 26 and two-thirds. But I don't have that number in front of me. Um, another guy the Orioles left unprotected last year, which may or may not signify how the Orioles front office feels about him as a relief pitcher. Um, I'd like to see him stick around. I think you need a, a, a lefty like that in the bullpen. Doesn't throw hard, but has a wipeout slider fastball. Has cutter movement on it. Works in a, a curveball every once in a while. I think I think he deserves a shot. But it, again, it's it, it's a lot of guys like you said who are going to enter spring training with a chance to uh, solidify a roster spot, and a lot of guys who are going to end up uh, not finding their niche. I guess is is put I... it.
1: I think that he's a guy who's got a great chance to be in the bullpen to start the year. Um, like you said, you, you, his zero ERA at Norfolk this year is well documented, and that four ten ERA is a little bit misleading because there was one game where he gave up like five or six runs in one inning when he was brought in in mop up duty. Yeah, and they just let him keep going because they were trying to save the rest of the arms for the pen. So if you, you take away that one outing, his ERA is probably close to like three two, three three, something like that. Um, maybe even lower because he didn't have a ton of innings at the big league level. And I also thought that he was victimized by being misused at times, like when he came in to face Eric Hosmer, who was hitting 320 against lefties and got the the game-winning hit off him. Now that run was charged to Dylan Tate in that game. But um, for me, I think he did enough to show that, hey, he's on the 40-man. I think they're going to keep him on the 40-man. You need a lefty. And even though he's a soft tosser, you mentioned that wipeout slider, Bespi's a guy who I look to be a big part of this bullpen to start the year next year.
0: Yeah, he's he's a guy I've been rooting for since since the beginning of the year. And you know, good to see his his success at triple A. Obviously you hope that translates to the bigs. But yeah, he he had that one outing. I think it was six runs he gave up in I think he only got one or two outs. Uh so it was it was not a uh not a great outing for him. He was optioned back to triple A. And you know how sports fans are, they were immediately sour on him and said, you know, don't bring him back, whatever. Uh, he deserves a shot, and I, I think he'll get it. Uh, Heston Kerstad, Paul, is tearing up the Arizona Fall League. He leads the league with 19 hits, 13 runs batted in. He's tied for the league lead with four home runs, slashing 373, 396, 630, sorry, 686. That's good for a 1.082 OPS. Uh, on the flip side of that, he's walked just twice. His 15 strikeouts are second most in the league. So not the ideal situation for him, but he's been tearing the cover off the ball when he's making contact. Went four for five yesterday, uh, Monday inside the park home run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fair to assume that he'll start the year in Bowie. Yeah. And it seemed like there were several prospects whose offensive game really took off once they made it to Bowie. Guys like Norby and Ortiz and Couser. Um it, It's a much easier place to hit than it is in Aberdeen. You, is there a shot we see Kirsted in the majors in 2023, or do you think no, the no, following I mean, season is more realistic?
1: He's going to have to have uh, a Gunnar Henderson type of um, ascent. Yeah. In 2023 to get to get here, I think 2024 is realistic, and even then, it might be the second half of 2024. Um, when he started playing, I, I I don't know if it was on this show, if it was on that crap that we did with that one dude <laughs> or uh if it was on the bat around but i said i i don't think we can realistically expect to see him until he's 25 um make his big league debut now look when you go to the arizona fall league you if you're going to play in any arizona fall league it's better to have good results than bad results right um what do we know about aston kirstad we know that he's a big time power left-handed hitter but he strikes out a ton. that was his mo in college. Uh, so the 15 strikeouts doesn't surprise me, and yeah, I'm glad that he's hitting. He's tearing the cover off the ball, but I don't put a lot of stock into the Arizona Fall League. That's a yeah. bunch. Of, that's usually a bunch of young prospects and a bunch of uh, prospects who are coming off injury um, that are playing there. So, and it's it's also
0: important to note that out in Arizona, a lot of the pitchers who are there are not trying to strike hitters out. They're trying to work on certain pitches that mm-hmm. they may be struggled with throughout the season.
1: Oh yeah, you 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 used to cover the Arizona Fall League. I think it was. Yeah. You, you went to a lot of those games anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so glad that he's getting good results. I, it, it beats the inverse of that, but I, I do It doesn't hold a lot of weight for me. Um, I, I, I would much rather wait and see if he's doing that at Bowie this year or wherever he may be uh, before I get too excited. But yeah, it's better than you know, hit it 172 with 28 strikeouts.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, So, yeah, I I agree with you that I don't think we'll see him next year. Not sure how soon in 2024 we'll see him. But uh, definitely, in any event, regardless of the results on the field, it's nice to see that he's finally healthy and feeling like himself and and back out on the diamond because for a while it looked like we might not ever see that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Him being back on the field, him being a dominant hitter when he was in Delmarva. Uh, being dominant towards the end of the year in Aberdeen and into the playoffs and being he he was a monster in the playoffs for Aberdeen yeah. and, and being a monster on Arizona where he was this time a year ago I don't think any of us foresaw this we we thought his career may be close to over before it even got off the ground so definitely happy to see him doing this and hopefully he can take it into 2023
0: yeah so it could be a, a power bat for the Orioles uh in the in the future sure uh, another guy who Probably won't be, but here's a guy could be. Here's a guy who went back to Japan after his season and and voiced his displeasure saying, I have a rather negative impression of this season. That's Shohei Otani talking about the angels, 2022 naturally Paul trade rumors as they do started to fly on social media. We don't know if he actually will be traded, but if he does end up on the market, there's no doubt that the Orioles have the prospects and the payroll flexibility to trade for him and sign him to a big long term contract extension, which sounds like a pipe dream, and maybe it is. Do you think that Elias would be willing to part with a chunk of the farm system for one guy, even if that one guy is Shohei Otani? That's and then. And- dollar- but and no, and whether Baltimore. or not he signs an extension, too, is up to whether or not he wants to play in Baltimore. He's been very particular about where he wants to play baseball, and I don't think Baltimore is anywhere close to that list. But yeah. money talks, so you never know.
1: Money talks, um, they've got something that that the Angels don't have, and that's a that's a big-time farm system that's going to keep pumping talent through their pipeline. Um, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. Just yeah. like me wanting Aaron Judge to sign in Baltimore is a pipe dream. Um, I don't think Mike Elias is building up this big time farm system to throw it all away. And I, I use the term "throw it all away" loosely, but to to get rid of all of these prospects for one guy that might not extend you. Now, if he says, "Hey, look, I'm going to come there and I'm very interested in an eight year extension with you," okay. Um, but then who are you giving up? You right. know. And, and I guess there's not anybody on the roster except for. Rutschman and, and Gunner that you shouldn't be willing to get part with. But I, I don't want to give up Grayson Rodriguez. And me I, I don't want to give up a combination of Rodriguez, Couser, Hall, and I don't know, Norby or Westberg. I, I, I don't want to give those up. Um, I don't think this is a problem we're going to have to, di- we're going to have to worry about, but It all depends on what the package is and if he can sign an extension. If it's for one year, hell no. Hell no. Unless they're asking prices, you know, Colby Mayo and Joey Ortiz, and that's it. Hell no. Uh, There's just no way that I'm giving up the farm for one year of a guy who may or may not lead us to a World Series. And I can understand his frustration out there because he's the best player on the planet playing with the second or third best player on the planet, and they can't even win 75 games. It's absurd. It's absurd.
0: It really is, and you know you feel for that kind of guy because you, you. And baseball needs a player like Otani in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they need Mike Trout imagine? in the playoffs. It's, uh, it, it's 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 crazy, and and you feel for him because he came over here from Japan with the intention of being a two way star, and he mm-hmm. is he has done exactly that. But his season is over after 162, and again. for for a player again, and for a player of his talent level a guy we haven't seen a player like him since Babe Ruth. It's bad for baseball, man. So whether or not he ends up traded, who knows? Baltimore is probably not the most realistic destination. It's fun to think about because he's such a fun player. I actually, I ordered a jersey off Amazon. I, I expected a, an Otani um, Nippon Ham Fighters jersey to run me like 150 bucks. It's like $32 on Amazon. Nice. So I got, a, I got a Japanese Otani jersey. I'm excited to, to start wearing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to think about, like I said, but probably unrealistic.
1: I bought the – the wife is a huge Shohei Otani fan. Um, she has been since he got here, since he got to America. And um, I bought her an Otani jersey for Christmas. Um, not like a great jersey, but it was, it's an Otani jersey. I bought it for her for Christmas, our first Christmas together. She's never worn it. Not once. Oh man. Not once. I bought her a Manny Machado jersey a couple years ago too. I, now, granted, I found it at Goodwill. It was like five bucks, but she loves yeah. Manny and it fit her, and she hasn't worn that either. So whatever. But um, yeah. But I I just he should be in the playoffs. He should be on a good team. I can understand his frustrations. That's a guy. Um, he's a difference maker. And can you imagine? Now, don't don't write this off, right? He wants to stay on the West Coast probably because it's closer to Japan. Um, he gets traded to the Giants, who cleared a lot of payroll, and then they sign there and Judge on top of that. Can you imagine the Giants having Judge and Otani? That would be in their unreal in their outfield. It would be like it would be like the Angels having you know Otani and Trout. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: get ready for the Giants to miss the playoffs for the next decade. Right. Oh, I, that wouldn't bother me because uh, they they just won three World Series in five years, beginning of this, I guess, last decade. God, it feels so recent.
1: I know. It, it was 2010, 2012, 2014. Yeah. And it, 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 it feels way more recent, but that's just what happens when you get old, dude. <laughs> All these uh, days so. start to bleed together.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, pulled a muscle in my back. I might have, like, it. it's enough pain that it might be a, a pulled oblique. Um Folding laundry last night.
1: Oh, nice. I'm 27, the, dude. This isn't supposed to happen. Dude, I'm, I'm 38. I was playing baseball on Sunday and everything in my body hurt. And I'm like, what am I going to be like in my 40s and my 50s and my 60s? This is going to suck. And then I started doing a plant-based diet because I saw this documentary called The Game Changers that um, scared the crap out of me from eating meat. Apparently, I've, I've been eating meat breakfast, lunch, and dinner my entire life. And didn't realize I'm basically killing myself. And so I've switched to a plant based diet and then feeling strong today, I go to the gym, I get a full back and ab workout, and then I come home and rip a two hundred pound bush out of the ground and dig up an old stump that I didn't know was in our front yard. And now my body's killing me. So
0: when did you when did you start doing that? When'd you go plant based?
1: Monday. It's Wednesday. Oh, so it's it's
0: very recent.
1: Yeah. I haven't had a dude. I have never gone a day in my life without eating meat, and I haven't eaten meat since Sunday. I don't know how long this is going to last, but so far so good.
0: Yeah, that's wow. I saw you what four days ago. We we did the batter round together, and yeah, uh,
1: I think wow. I had a cheese take that night.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now now you're a new man. I don't I don't think I I don't think I could do that. First of all, I don't have enough meat on my bones for it to be a problem. I'm a skinny dude. Um, oh, no,
1: no, it's it's but... it's a, it's a hard thing for skinny dudes too. Watch the game changers. It's I, it literally scared me straight.
0: I don't want to. I don't want to be scared into into giving up meat. It's so good, man.
1: It is good. God. Shut up. Let's move on. All
0: right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we uh well, I, I don't have anything to move on to. Did did you have any any final thoughts
1: uh um, about the playoffs, I to talk the Orioles? About something about I want to talk about Ryan Mountcastle because I heard the guys on 1057 the, on the morning show the other day talking about how they think both Jeremy Khan and Rob Long, I believe, it was, I know it was Rob Long, but I think it was Jeremy Khan also. I think Ryan Mountcastle is going to be traded this offseason. And I was I was really hoping for you to spit your drink out. If you're <laughs> listening to us in podcast form, Ryan's taking a sip of his drink. As I'm saying that, I was going to go, what? I guess it wouldn't be that shocking, but I don't I, I have don't too many bobbleheads
0: that. and autographs on my desk to, to risk that.
1: Screw the the electronics, the computer, the microphone and all that. The, I don't yeah, head. this
0: was a this is like a seventy dollar screen at Walmart. I've I've got a have uh, got a Gunnar Henderson signed golf ball, I've got a Boog Pal Bobblehead, Vince Scully microphone. I wow my, my ALDS game two ticket signed by Delman Young. I can't risk getting vitamin wow. water all over that. It'd be sticky, it'd be gross. Um I you know it wouldn't stun me to see Mount Castle get traded his his type of player if you if you break it down by position first base dh types seem to be pretty replaceable mm-hmm. with that being said what we've seen from mount castle the past two seasons and factoring in his age that's a guy i want here for a while
1: yeah
0: um i i, I love jeremy I, i'm not sure i'd put a ton of stock into that it's probably just them sparking conversation I'm not sure they have any information that would back that up. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, that's not a knock on them. It's just uh, – I, I don't know. I I don't want him to be traded.
1: Yeah. If he it, did, if, if he was,
0: me. it wouldn't surprise me. It might break my heart a little bit because I'd like to see him get it. I mean, look at Christian Walker. This is a guy the Orioles. He was a similar prospect to Castle. And uh, the Orioles cut ties with him after he started slow. The results weren't there. He just hit, I think, 30, more than 35 homers with the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. He,
1: he was he was pushing 40. But you also got to look at yeah. Christian Walker. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick. I,
0: I know he's not a great, well-rounded player. He's pretty much power and, I think, okay defense. Um,
1: it's, not, it's not the first time that he's hit 30 homers in, yeah. in his career. People forget that – that it was, uh, okay, it is the first time, but in 2019, he hit 29 homers and he hit 259 with a 348 on base percentage. This year, it was 242 with a 327 on base percentage, 36 home runs, 94 RBIs, an 804 OPS, um, OPS plus of 126. So he was 26 points above league average uh, yeah. as a player, and uh, he was a five win player, 5.1 B war this year, but it's taken him. Till age 31 yeah. to do that. You know, I don't, right. want, I don't want it to take six more years for Ryan Mountcastle to become that player. No,
0: and I, I don't think it will. I think he, I he's think he already be a better
1: overall hitter, too.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, you, you talked with, with Connor Newcomb on the Locked On Orioles podcast last week about Mountcastle, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I know you talked about how his peripheral stats were, better. make an argument that he might have even been better than he was in 2021 when he hit 33 homers, set the Orioles' rookie mark, He's he's a talented guy. He hits the ball really really hard. He's mm. playing very good defense at first base. That's not a guy I want to part with. Not not at the beginning of not a potential to, wor- window of contention.
1: And not when you have nobody to replace him with. You know, it's, right. not, it's not like you have Spencer Torkelson, despite his down year, or Andrew Vaughn in your system knocking down the door. It's like you got Tyler Nevin. You know, like. Right. You don't have anybody to replace him with, but if they're trading him, it would have to be part of a package that brings something legit. Otherwise, I, I would be very upset with them trading him.
0: Don't sleep on my guy TT T. Bowens. He's gonna be here soon. You think so? Ah, uh, I like TT. T. He follows me on Twitter. Um I mean, hey, Jose Valtese hey, ba- was
1: following me on Twitter for a little bit. So
0: yeah, same. I he's he didn't he follow like eight hundred thousand people.
1: I think just to troll us. Yeah. Legitimately. What a piece of garbage. He was a mess. Is.
0: I finally, in in, uh, in Ravens talk, I finally got blocked by Patrick Queen. I called him the door of the Ravens.
1: I saw that. And he that blocked
0: was, you? He blocked me, yeah. It, it took him a couple days. I guess he searched his name a little bit later, but I thought that was a good comparison.
1: Uh, he, uh, kind of player. According to Pro Football Focus, he's been one of the top three rated linebackers the last two weeks.
0: Which absolutely blew my mind. Now, to yeah. be fair, that that comes after my tweet, but... Before the tweet, for the last couple of years, he's been the guy who is, is a point of contention every week in the sense that he, he misses tackles. Uh, he just he hasn't been the contributor we expected from him, and yet every once in a while, he comes up with a big play, a la Rubnet go-ahead mm-hmm. home run late in the game, where he, he shifts the momentum. We saw it in the Bengals game, and this was, the, the, um, this was why I, I tweeted what I did. See so that he had that interception when it was ten to ten. He picked off Burrow. And it, it that was a time in the game where it felt like all the momentum was going the Bengals direction. Right. And uh Queen comes up with that pick, and I was like, man, that feels like watching Rugnit Odor hit a go ahead home run or game tying homer after he makes two errors in the top of the seventh. Right and, and lets the other team right back in the game. Yeah. Uh but anyway, I got I got I got blocked by PQ, so I'm joining the I think probably thousands of other Ravens fans who are in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Patrick Queen is just one of those guys, man. And it's to me, he's too fast for his own good. And he has no idea how to break down to make a tackle. When you see him break down and make a tackle, it's amazing because he just never does it. He's always over pursuing runs right past the ball carrier. Cause he's just going too damn fast. And we're so used to seeing Ray Lewis in Baltimore. And I know it's been 10 years since he was here, but that's where, like our basis of comparison for every middle linebacker that comes through here, and so when they don't when they don't make every single play like Ray did, you're like, you, "This guy sucks." And I don't know, Patrick Queen. I, I, I they started using him more in the pass rush last week, but I'd like to see him be more of an edge guy and use that speed to get after the quarterback. But this isn't a football show, so I digress.
0: Yeah, back to uh, it's it's a, a podcast. And Paul, are you are you on TikTok? I, I, I'm going somewhere with this. I promise
1: i am but i don't post anything i'm a, i have tiktok because my wife was really enjoying tiktok about a year or so ago and she would keep sending me links she's like can you just download the app so that you don't have to like so that i don't have to keep sending you links that you can just look at them i said fine so download the app and i just watch videos
0: yeah my fiance did the same thing uh send me links all the time uh we did have an account for our uh, our cats and our snakes uh it was fun, but uh, I, I bring this up because uh, she suggested to me that we put – I think it was her that suggested it to me. might have been one of my sisters uh, – that we create a TikTok for the podcast as an opportunity to grow. This is this is episode 25. I know you haven't been doing it the whole time, but I'd like to continue to, to get bigger, and I think TikTok might be a solid platform for that. We just kind of post clips, and it feels like we'd be trying to hit a very niche market you know, Oriole fans, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something we play around with. But
1: yeah, I thought about doing that because um, Section Three Thirty Six podcast, and we know uh, Josh and Matt Soroka. Um, they have they they post um during the season little quips and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, I really want to do that on um, TikTok. Thought, they uh, do, yeah, yeah. They post on TikTok. Ah, um, oh. little things more Matt than Josh, but thoughts on the Orioles and stuff like that. And I was like, I should start doing that, and I just never did. So. I think that could
0: be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we make a TikTok and start doing that. I don't know. I've like, I, I've, I want to tweet more from our podcast account too at Give That Fan a Pod. I basically just tweet the show every week. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I have my personal account. I have my Orioles account, which is where I share all my Orioles thoughts anyway. So I, I don't know. Maybe I, uh, another thing I could do, and this, this might be, well, no, but, um, yeah, maybe maybe TikTok is the move. Maybe we make like an Instagram post, some reels. I don't know. I think it'd be fun.
1: Yeah, we can give our take on things in the moment, stuff like that. Yeah, it could be fun.
0: We'll see. Um, all right, we went a little. It's it's pushing midnight now. We went a little longer than we wanted to, although no forty four minutes isn't. Yeah, right. We always do. You texted me like, "How long? Uh, how long are we gonna go?" Because you you forgot that we were you got home from work and you were in bed. And I texted you, "You still good to go after the game?" And uh, like, "How long do you want to go?" I said. I don't have a ton of discussion points, so probably no longer than a half hour-ish. And here we are approaching 45.
1: I knew it was going to happen. There was no doubt in my mind we were going 45 minutes tonight.
0: Yeah. I, well, this probably won't be the last time we're streaming at this hour. Um, I, I would like to come up with a more routine schedule, but it's it's tough with both of our schedules to come up with times that work. But I think Wednesday nights are are going to be all right. Uh, yeah, late tonight I'm, because I'm... we're trying to work around the playoffs. But.
1: And I'm usually not – picking up shifts on wednesday nights I, I i had to my uh brakes and rotors went up and i had to drop 500 bucks the other day that i just did not expect to have to spend so i was like all right let's pick up a shift because your you boy can't just afford to drop 500 bucks and have it not hurt significantly
0: yeah now the other day a couple of weeks ago i um i was i was about to DoorDash dinner and i decided you know what i don't want to pay the service charge Delivery fee, tip, all that stuff. So, and I, I, I'm tired of feeling lazy. So, I got in my car and I drove to pick up dinner. Went into the Pete's place, came back out, car didn't start, battery completely died. Uh, had to jump it, get it back to the apartment, jump it, get it to the shop, replace the battery. I need new tires too. Being an adult's not not fun.
1: Yeah, dude, it's it is always as soon as you feel like all right. I'm where I need to be to start saving. No, rotors and calipers, bro. You, it's always something with the car too. Yep. Yep. Oh,
0: so man.
1: that's how All it right. goes. Hey, we, we're probably not going to be recording again for another two weeks just because you know we're kind of on an, a bi-weekly schedule here because of. You know, it's the off-season. Right. But I think that the next time we record should be, if not the end of the World Series, it'll be in the middle of the World Series. And uh, we'll be that much closer to the Orioles starting some free agency and maybe getting the rumor mill going. Um, so hopefully by then we'll have something even more significant to talk about and also hopefully the Astros losing or the Yankees losing a World Series.
0: That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I, I've been waiting to bring out my my tweet about the Yankees getting eliminated from the playoffs, which is a, a yearly occurrence at this point. Always brings me joy. So when so the Yankees... always by the Astros too. Always by the Astros, which... It's fine, I suppose, and I I think I said this on the batter on the other day. It fires me up, kind of as as tired as I am seeing the Astros there every year, it fires me up knowing that the Orioles are trying to follow a similar bl-
1: blueprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, I, I I can't wait for you know five years from now when somebody's doing a podcast talking about the Orioles the way you and I are talking about the Astros. So bring it on,
0: yeah, man. All right, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, follow us on Twitter at Give That Fan a Pod. Uh, thank you, as always, to Derek and Tony at Utah Street Report for hosting us and, and now letting us stream on the Orioles 24-7 Facebook page. It's a big help to us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we still have shirts available at birdlandstore.com. Uh, I didn't wear mine tonight, but I've got a few of them. Um, that's That's all I've got, and we will see you in a couple weeks next time on Give That Fan a Podcast.